That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of Work Wife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain, claireanderica.com. Related, head there to sign up for our newsletter and to find episode notes and coupon codes and this, that, and the other. Our Amazon storefront and our bookshop.org page, it's all there. Everything. And, and, and you can leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463. Right now, our most frequent voicemail um, contributor is Mickey Drexler, who leaves a voicemail to let us know how his detailed reaction to the episodes he appears on. (laughs) You can top him, guys. You can top him. I have faith. Oh, my God. Oh, charming, charming, charming. Hey, if you have not been to our personal Instagram pages yet, and by the way, we don't have a professional Instagram pages. We <laughs> so, just have the personal yeah. ones. We have been posting these videos because they're like, what else are we doing during quarantine but Zooming with each other? So go check them out. And they're like five minutes. So it's not as much of a time commitment as, as this podcast. If you're here already, you'll probably be interested in that too. If you're here already, you probably already know about them. But just in case you're not following us on Instagram, we're at Claire Mazer and at Erica Cerullo. We've been posting them several times a week when we can think of something vaguely nonsensical, but still interesting to talk about. Interesting to us. And then I would say of the maybe like 12 we've posted, probably 40% are all about this romance novel, The Idea of You. (laughs) Which is not a neg. That's not, not a, a neg, neg on our content. No, Listen, I'll no, talk no. about it more. Don't tell no, me. I'm, I'm <laughs> You're done. Careful. 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 <laughs> um, speaking of Instagram. Yes, ma'am. This is the meat of this episode. This is what we're, we're getting into Instagram. Welcome on to episode. the entree. Yeah. yeah. We've never really done a deep dive on our complex personal feelings around Instagram. No, we haven't, which is weird. Um, we've talked about, we've had Phil Chang on to talk about his approach, his wild, wild, wild ride of an Instagram, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting, as it did was, many other people. It was really, really good. It's funny because as I said that, I was like, I can't believe we've never talked about this. I really can't believe we've never talked about it because if we're being honest with ourselves, Instagram has somehow become a really big character in our lives or just like presence, I would say. Like, We consume so much through it. We think a lot about what we produce on it. It's like this major factor in our lives suddenly. Not even suddenly. I know, and I'm making a face about it. You are. I don't feel great about it. No, I know. 
great. Do you want to start by talking about that? Yeah. I mean, not even like I don't feel great about the platform Mm -hmm. or I don't feel great about social media. I just like don't feel great about having to use it and feeling like it's not the ideal platform for me for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's not even that I don't like consuming Instagram content. I do as much as, as much as anybody. Um, There are parts of it that I really like. There are parts of it that I don't. But in terms of like, in terms of creating content on it, yeah. I don't feel like it's particularly well suited to me or to my skill set or to my interests or to how I like sharing things. Right. Specifically, the emphasis on having to take a fucking picture all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and I just and I just like don't do that naturally and never right. have. Right. Um, or at least not like a beautiful picture or, you know, like a well-framed picture with good lighting, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> I certainly use Instagram more than I've used any other social media platform, mostly because I feel like I have to, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because I feel like there are no better options. I don't know what the ideal platform would be. I think the other thing is that the community of people that we surround ourselves in, the community of people we speak to are on Instagram. I think if we were in a different industry, if we were part of a different peer group, we would be on Reddit or we would be on Twitter or whatever it is. But Instagram is sort of where our people are. And that's why we are there. Totally. And I could imagine a scenario um, where if I had stayed in media four years longer than I had, I might Mm -hmm. have... I might engage with Twitter in a different way than I do. But right now, honestly, like I go to Twitter... A couple times a week, I search for two or three people who I know will give me good content, yeah. and then I get the fuck out. Like oh, I yeah. can't, I can't be there. Um, I did. I was like a very enthusiastic Snapchat user yes. um, back when Snapchat was still trying to attract our audience, mm-hmm. um, and like like that the throwaway nature of that platform. Then got so angry when Instagram introduced stories. I remember you were straight up pissed. And I was like, like defending Snapchat's honor, Claire. (laughs) And I remember having the conversation where I was like, I get it, but I just feel like we're going to have to do Instagram because like people are already on Instagram. And so that's just like where it's going to happen. And you were just like, I just don't understand why they had to do it. Well, Um, and I also was mad about the way that the Instagram stories interface. Yes. The UX of it in Mm -hmm. the Instagram uh, app, which I still think is fucking terrible. Like you have this... what 80% of the app is dedicated to posts, to grid posts. Yeah. Um, when you hit the Instagram main page, and then 20% is stories, but we're all looking at the stories. So, how is this the way that this interface works? And I was like, how, like, this is just dumb and weird. They've yeah. definitely just tacked this thing onto the top, which yeah. hasn't changed. No, it has not um, changed. Thomas still uses Snapchat. And I've told him that it doesn't, he can't anymore, basically, that like <laughs> I don't check it, no one checks it. It's well, at not, some point, not I found thing. out you For were at still, least people who are 30, mid 30s. At some point, I found out you were still sending me messages on Snapchat and I didn't even have it installed on my phone. And I was like, oh, I've missed all of those. I had no idea. Um, yeah, you got, so, yeah, you, no. And he both held out longer than most. No, but Claire, he's still holding out. <laughs> Like I held out six months longer than I needed to, but he here he is 18 months later and yeah. still sending snaps. So I feel really complicated. I have complicated feelings about Instagram, not as <laughs> tortured. Not as angst, yeah, not as tortured as you. I would say more of my angst around it comes around my consumption of it and how much I consume it. And well, because I do think that you are very well built for Instagram in terms of creating content. 
Thank you. I mean, I still, <laughs> I still though, I, I still have a lot of the same feelings that you do it, in that I sometimes do feel really tortured about what I should actually be putting on there and if I, if I should be putting anything on there at all. And I mm-hmm. never quite feel confident in what my role on Instagram should be. I feel like when I first started on it, I was like, this is a really fun social media platform in the way that Facebook or anything else is. And I will use it as sort of like my personal diary when I feel so inspired. And then it started to become something that it was clear was part of my job, but I didn't feel that it was my job in the way that it would be for someone who actually makes their money as an influencer, right? Yes. There was this feeling of like, well, I have this business that I should be promoting and yet also I have so much other stuff to do and it takes time to do this. And also, is it annoying to constantly be promoting my business and my business has its own Instagram? That all felt really weird and complicated. But I think if it's like, if you don't feel at all tortured about this, then God help the content that you're putting out into <laughs> you know the what? world. Because like, That's it's true. like, you know, it's like people who don't quite, people who don't feel imposter syndrome, like they're sociopaths. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's I, just it. Like if right. you feel like, of course I'm here. I, of course I deserve right. to be here. Then there's something right. wrong with you. <laughs> right. Thank you so much to Daily Harvest for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, you guys know we love Daily Harvest. We were raving about them before they ever bought an ad on our podcast. And that's how you know it's real. They make really delicious meals. They make smoothies. They make soups. They make harvest bowls, overnight oats. They all come in these cups that you just put in your freezer and then take them out and zap them in the microwave or put them on the stove. They are just one step to make. You can add your own sort of whatever to customize it to your taste. I really like to add nuts to the smoothies because I feel like I always need protein in the morning. Erica is always adding like egg or avocado to the harvest bowls. And it's just a really nice option to have. And I got to say, like, we're all working from home right now because of this crazy pandemic. And as much as it's kind of been nice to experiment in the kitchen and eat all of this home-cooked food, I also just miss the convenience of like having food ready for me, you know? So I really feel like now's the time to try out Daily Harvest if you haven't tried it out yet, because you're just going to get sick of cooking elaborate meals for yourself all the time. And you're going to want something you can just pull out of the freezer. They work directly with farms to harvest organic fruits and vegetables at their peak and then freeze them within 24 hours to lock in their nutrients. Everything stays fresh until you're ready to enjoy it. They also have more than 65 different options to choose from so you never get bored. This is how Erica has been eating it for lunch for like upwards of a year now. So here's the deal. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code a thing or two to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code a thing or two for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's D-A-I-L-Y-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com. Code a thing or two. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear? and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. There's also something you and I have talked a lot about is like, you know, what is our responsibility to 
what is our responsibility or obligation to be posting our social and political views on Instagram, given that we have not positioned ourselves as authorities on the matter or that that is like a critical part of our personal brand. And yet in the last four years, things have gotten to a point where it's like everybody's responsibility in some way to say something. And yet for the last four years, we have, you know, up until recently, we're part of a public company. Uh, and couldn't. And basically couldn't, um, you know, and, and it was complicated, but we couldn't. And, and now we are no longer. And so how do you, how do you think about that newly? And all of that stuff has made it really complicated to think about like, what, what is my role? What, is, what, what do people want from me? And also what do I want to give? Because also, you know, no one's paying me to put, you know, occasionally we get paid to put stuff on, but it's not, it's not our primary. It's not your livelihood. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also think to come back to the, you know, uh, what is obligation to share certain social and political things. I think uh, another layer of that is just the spread of misinformation that comes from all corners of the internet. And I think right now during this coronavirus time, I've been reading more and more about just, you know, the way misinformation is transforming people's responses to things. Um, And I'm not an investigative journalist, neither are you, spoiler alert. We're not (laughs) in the position. I'm offended. Yeah. We're not, we're not Mm -hmm. fact-checking in the way that fact-checking needs to happen um, for, for a lot of the news that we're consuming, especially right now when it's like public health crises. Yeah. Um, And I think that there's also an obligation not to post about certain things um, yep. when you haven't vetted or aren't, or aren't in the position to vet the content oh, that you're sharing. Yeah. And, and the other thing that's hard for me with all of this stuff is that I waffle back and forth between feeling like it is so effective when everybody in your feed is posting the same thing as a way of yeah. raising awareness around something yeah. and hitting people over the head and making clear that like, there this is, is what we're talking about. This is what matters. Exactly. And, yep. this is, and, th- and this is what we should all be thinking about. We all need to be making this a priority. And then the flip side of me, which is my natural instinct, which is everybody's already saying it. I don't need to say it too, which has always been my reaction to most things, whether it's like fashion trends or creative yeah. instincts or business instincts. Like I've never wanted to just do what everybody else is doing. And so... I typically don't join the fray when everybody's posting about, I mean, we can say stay home, you know, as an example of what's happening right now. I'm like, everybody's already saying it. What is the point of me joining the chorus? Like no one needs to hear it from me because they're hearing it from everybody else. And well, and and you and I aren't Kylie Jenner either. And I think, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I do think that it is very different for people with a lot of influence to be piling on. Absolutely. um, And for a celebrity community with, you know, millions, tens of millions of followers to be piling on Mm -hmm. um, than for us where we know the people we follow and the people who are following us are already doing this um, and don't really need to be told or to hear it from us. I also, in these moments, like to think to a sort of framework that Julia Tertian shared in one of her sort of activist cookbooks that she published, um, where she was basically like, if there's a topic that matters to you, you don't always have to address each 
cause in the same way. Like you can choose one cause maybe that you're going to be really vocal about. And on another cause, maybe you're not going to be vocal about it, but you're going to be donating money to it. And on another cause, maybe you're not donating money, you're being vocal about it, but you're doing the work in the background. And it's helpful for me to think about it that way and realize just because I'm not Instagramming about something doesn't mean I can't be effective in helping the cause. Um, and that that came up on our Phil Chang interview too. And I thought that was really helpful just of the varying ways to show support. And, and yeah, that you don't have to feel obligated to do something in X, Y, or Z way just because that's what you know other people are doing or that's what you think is expected of you right. um, in a public way. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think about consuming Instagram and the amount of time you spend on it and your behavior and your scrolling behavior? Mm. I would say that over the last like six months or year, I had gotten better about limiting my time on Instagram and uh, leaning more heavily into this, the like iPhone settings that tell me that like, hey, your social media time is up. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, you know, actively pressing the button, like ignore this message, keep, yeah. keep endless scrolling, keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that's all gone out the window, like so many other things yes. um, over the last month of, of being at home and, and just like having a different relationship with news and a fluctuating relationship with information and contact with other people, um, yeah. really, like more, more importantly than all of that. I, Mostly consume Instagram stories. I have to like remind myself, which why is why is this something I'm reminding myself to scroll through and look yeah. at grid posts. Um, mm-hmm. It is just not something I do as frequently. And then when I am consuming just Instagram stories, I get served the same people over and over and over again, and have to remind myself that they're not the only twelve people on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. because you know, that's, yeah. that is almost like how they're treated to me. <laughs> um, and they're not like my 12 closest friends. Certainly right. they're just right. 12 people that Instagram has decided I like their content well enough that they should be prioritized every day in every setting. Whenever they post something, they should be right there, which is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same. And unfortunately, there are certain people that I look at out of like, you know, there's like hate follows basically. Yeah, and then those sure. are the people who are served to me first because it's like I'm seeking them out to... You yeah, know, you searched for, for their name. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I mean, I... You know, I look at Instagram so much and I... I've changed how I feel about that over the times and I've got over the years and I've gotten better at certain times. And I had a very similar experience to you where I've stopped being so critical of myself about it as we've been in quarantine because all of a sudden it feels like my one way of interacting with my primary way of interacting with people outside of my household, I suppose, other than like texts and calls and Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. But But a broader audience or like a broader community or community. But you know what I mean? It feels really like a lifeline in some ways. And I think a lot about what this would feel like without Instagram. And I... It's funny because in a lot of ways, I feel like the content I'm getting is less satisfying than ever before. Like it's just boring and I'm not interested in most of what people are posting. And yet, I don't feel as much shame around how much I look at it. And at the same time, like there's always an element of shame to it for me because I recognize that I think the biggest negative influence it's had on my life is that I my ability to focus long-term has been chipped away at. And that really, really bothers me. That feels like the most sort of um, sinister thing that it has done. Of course, there are other 
negative effects, primarily, you know, your sort of sense of self and sense of what your life should look like based on everybody else's life. But I think I've gotten to a point where I can be mindful enough about that to sort of recognize the psychology and and sort of stop myself from going down that rabbit hole. But there is a sense to me right now where I'm like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to be looking at yeah. this stuff and I'm getting some joy from it. The other thing that's really challenging for me is I do get so much good discovery out of Instagram and always have. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, but you can't go onto Instagram and just follow the accounts that are serving you interesting, good stuff. You also are following that girl you went to high school with who only posts crappy, mindless stuff and all of these other people. Totally. I mean, I hear you on that, but Claire, you are also following like minor actors in plays that we saw six years ago. Oh, absolutely. Like, to and call those people, a, I, I, you to don't call have play. to follow them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I follow everybody. It is, I have like two primary forms of sort of like keeping track of things. I screenshot stuff on my phone and I follow everybody on Instagram. And it's a terrible way of keeping track of things. And I need to learn Evernote or something that would be better. Because also, by the way, following people on Instagram is not effective because then when you go to look up who is that influencer I follow who's really smart about XYZ, there's no way of searching for them unless you remember their name. It enrages me constantly. If I follow a restaurant in Austin, yeah, when I search the word Austin, it should serve me the restaurant in Austin. But instead, it serves me some minor celebrity named Austin who I don't follow. Like yeah. that, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why? And obviously, listen, there's like small ways of doing this. So there's a couple of things. One, I thought it was interesting when Taylor Lorenz came on our show. She has different Instagram accounts to follow that she uses to track her different interests and like reporting beats, basically. I don't do that. That is just would not. Well, it doesn't make sense for, yeah, for someone who's not reporting on this and who doesn't need like a fitness Instagram account. Right, exactly. And it's just, it's a lot to handle. Um, The other thing is that some people are really uh, just more active with the way that they use the saved collections function on Instagram, which... I go through phases where I'm more active about it, but for the most part, I just save things and don't put them in collections and then occasionally go back and look at it. And it's, you know, not that helpful for anything. But what they need to do, in addition to just having a much more robust search function, is have um, lists like you can have on Twitter so that you can organize your follows into lists. That would be wonderful. Huge. Um, I have been using saved collections recently and I've started using this. Uh, related to it's a kind of content that I have started to create. And uh, mm-hmm. God, that's not, that's like oh, so <laughs> embarrassing. Thing to, what an embarrassing phrase. It's not. No, Claire, to, it, yes, it is. That's <laughs> such an embarrassing thing to have come out of your mouth. Um, it is related to content that I've been posting during this period of time, which is fuzzy animal content. Mm-hmm. Um, Cute animals. Cute animals. Just I just didn't want you to leave out turtles because I really liked your turtles um, segment and they're not fuzzy. No, it's true. And not all the animals are fuzzy. It's incredible. Thank you for that. Um, So, I mean, I basically, I was feeling very just overwhelmed by everything that I was seeing on Instagram a month ago, five weeks ago. I don't know, sort of at the beginning of this where it was just like all um, 
fire and brimstone mm-hmm. and just like, mm-hmm. you know, which was an authentic uh, representation of where we were, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Like I am not discounting that at all. But I was like, God, I need to see something pleasant here. And so I shared uh, a bunch of bunny pictures that I had rounded up from various corners of Instagram. And people replied really enthusiastically with things like, this is what I needed today. And like this sort of thing. And I was like, okay, this is something I can do. Um, I love a content calendar. <laughs> yeah, you um, do. I love a posting schedule. So um, I actually think that, that that speaks to part of like what you feel uncomfortable with about Instagram, but has you found a way to get more comfortable with Instagram, which is like giving yourself strict categories and loose, at least loose schedules. I love a rubric, yeah. you know, Mm -hmm. like, and yes, and yes, giving myself a calendar and a rubric Mm -hmm. has been really helpful. So this started maybe like nine months or a year ago. I can't remember when I was feeling a lot of pressure to post. I never wanted to post. I would put things on my to-do list to post about like Mm -hmm. things that I wanted to share because it was um, something that I really loved or a friend's project that I wanted to like, wanted other people to know about. But then I, I, you know, copying over from one day to the next, a to-do list item about posting about a book you liked is torture. Torture. I I think it's telling about both of us and the way we have thought about our role on Instagram, which is, is that it wasn't even until the last, I would say like nine months that either of us started being like, okay, I guess I'm going to put this on my to-do list to post something. And so I started doing roundups of posts that were uh, like this week, um, and here are the things I did or saw or yeah. you know ha- like was excited about. And for the most part, I've enjoyed that. It's like nice to look back on your week and think about the things that you've done and to ha- to have those little like time capsules. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been satisfying for me, and has also just eliminated the pressure around posting. Oh God, I have to share this thing today. Yeah, um, which has been really good. At certain points, this helped kept me from looking at Instagram. Other points, it hasn't. Yeah. Um, other points, it's had like zero effect on that. But when I started doing these animal posts every day, I started using saved collections because I will like when I'm bored or just like feeling whatever, can't get anything else done. I will just go on a deep dive on Instagram looking for silky chickens um, mm-hmm. and just like poke around for silky chickens for a while um, and then save them to these collections. So my collections now are like, Foxes, chickens, guinea pigs, flamingos. Like that's... <laughs> those are my collections. One thing I've noticed that I really um, was in awe of your commitment is that you're not taking weekends off. Animals don't take weekends off. No, I... Listen, I... And neither does quarantine. You look outside, there are birds. They're still <laughs> at it. Quarantine doesn't take weekends off either. So the people really appreciate it. I was just like, okay. I was just impressed. And I get my, my follow-up question to that is, how long are you committed to doing this for? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't have an answer to that question. Um, I don't think I will ever stop because I run out of animals. Right. Um, because that is is not That's possible, crazy. I don't think. Yeah. That's crazy. And the other part of it is that I have really liked two things. One, that I get so much good animal content back. Yes. Like I get sent so many links to like funny, like funny animal videos. And, and there are certain people who respond to me most days um, <laughs> with an, like with reciprocal yeah. animal content. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, your aunt tagged me in an Instagram <laughs> the other day <laughs> a about a squirrel she saw in her backyard. Mm-hmm. I made her grid post. Yeah. It was incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Um, and then the secondary thing that's really great is now my explore page is just animal content. Like truly just 
animal content, animal content, animal content. It surfaces new animals that I have not like seen or thought about. The one thing about Instagram that's really working with you, that's like working working for you and with you. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, I see you what you're like, doing. Yeah. You're saving so many animals, uh, yeah. saving, like uh, actually saving in a collection. <laughs> Not fostering. Not saving their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish that I were having a bigger impact on them, but no. And so now it, it revealed to me a tiny little bird last week or a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. called a long-tailed tit that I did not know about, LTT. Yep. This bird <laughs> was being served to me constantly. And I was like, you are right. This is like a little tiny baby snowball with a beak and a tail. Of course I'm interested. Thank you. Yeah. That's like the ni- that's the nicest thing you've said about Instagram this entire episode. Discovery. Um what do you get excited to engage around on Instagram or share? I don't have a great answer. I you brought up a point that I think is a big one for me, which is that we have historically like for the last five plus years had other outlets besides Instagram that we use to share our enthusiasms, specifically the newsletter and the podcast that we do weekly. And for a really long time, I would think really specifically like, I don't need to share that on Instagram. I'm going to share it on the podcast or the newsletter. And this would come, same, into, same. This would come into play a lot um, when people would send us stuff. Um, because I think when people send you stuff, they kind of expect you to Instagram it. And I would always sort of... Well, and, and it's largely brand... Like small brands we're really yeah. excited about whose products yeah. we want to share. But it is still hard to... To feel share. like you're doing it authentically. A lot of these people are small brands who, especially right now, I do really want to support in the way that they want to be supportive or in the way that's going to be the most effective. And so sometimes I get really excited about sharing those on Instagram and other times it weighs on me in that way of like, when am I going to post this and how am I going to position it in a way that feels authentic to me and to my voice and that doesn't just feel like I'm shilling. So I do get really excited when there is something that I'm genuinely just like, I cannot wait to tell everybody about this. Beyond that, I think the things that I get excited to talk about or that feel satisfying are the things that I feel like are actually being helpful to people that other people aren't talking about. So to use a really sexy example, postpartum incontinence. Like I feel that I am an authority on the topic because I still pee myself a year plus later. I've seen multiple uh, you know, specialists about this. And I people respond and are like, I had no idea that other people were dealing with this. I'm still doing this. Like I'm still dealing with this too. And that's satisfying to be like, okay, me putting myself out there in this way is helpful to other people. I'd say you're a peeing your pants thought leader. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I embrace um, that I title. also think your migraine content um, yeah. uh, had the same. And I, and I also think you're really good at sourcing intel from other people on Instagram in that way and have picked up a lot of good tips around your migraines and management from, you know, from asking the questions of, has anybody tried magnesium or like, how are you taking it? Is it a pill or a liquid or whatever? I do. I like doing that a lot. It's that is sometimes overwhelming because then you have, I get so many answers and I really, I do feel obligated to like share them back with the world because people have done the work and yeah. people want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I do like to use Instagram for, and I, this is like typically when something goes on the grid is when I want to remember something. I like, I really love the Instagram grid as a personal album and to be able to look back at it and remember a moment in time. And so a lot of times when I put something on the grid, that's the purpose of it is why is because it's more for me. Um, And you know, sometimes there's other thoughts that go into it, but... 
that's nice because I don't really post anything to my grid, like ever. <laughs> like it I just, post, it barely occurs to me. I post way, way, way less than I used to. And I have to sort of like remind myself to also because I'm like, you know, I recognize that a lot of times when you're introduced to somebody for the first time or you've just met someone over email, the first thing someone does is Google you and they may land on your Instagram page. And I'm like, oh, I should probably have something that's fresher than nine months old on there. Or I should probably have something that's not a picture of my son on there. Um, No, Claire, these are all thoughts I have. (laughs) I just do nothing to rectify it. Listen, that's fine. I also think you can tell when you land on somebody's Instagram page and they are specifically really not not active (laughs) or just that they're like, this is not, I'm, I haven't built this thing as a way for you to in 60 seconds or less consume to get a basic sense of who I am. And I would say that's the case when somebody lands on your Instagram page. And I, I fully accept that when I land on certain people's Instagram pages. Can we talk about how you engage with people you follow on Instagram, people, you know, people you like kind of sort of know people you feel like, you know, and then celebrities. Mm -hmm. So uh, we already covered that I follow everybody um, to the point where I will constantly get questions from people. Like I was following all the cast members of Cheer before Cheer was on the air. And then so all these people were DMing me as soon as it came out being like, oh my God, you're watching too. I saw you were following. And I was like, no, I haven't watched it yet. I (laughs) I don't know how I ended up following these people, but it happened. Um, (laughs) I would say... If I thought that you had the the like, (laughs) oh my God. If I thought you might be embarrassed by that, I would say it's incredibly embarrassing. Um, But here we are. Yeah, keep going. I've had like a neighbor stop me on the street and was like, oh my God, I've been meaning to ask you because there's this hotel in Detroit that I think I'm going to make a reservation at. And I saw you follow them. So I just wanted to get your like thoughts on it. And I was like, oh, I, I've never even been to Detroit. I don't know why I follow that hotel. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? I think I, I say, I used to at least just say yes to everybody on LinkedIn because I didn't take it seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. platform, like, like when it launched. Right. And I would constantly get emails from people who are like, hey, I saw you're connected with that person on LinkedIn. Can you intro me? I'm like, oh, I don't barely know that. Like, I don't know that name. I don't yeah. know who that is at all. Best of luck to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. So I follow everybody. It's funny. My liking and commenting changes depending on how shameful I feel about the amount of time I'm spending on Instagram. So interesting. Like if I feel some amount of shame that I'm looking at it, it's like I'm trying to be invisible because I don't want anyone else to... As if anybody knows. Yeah. What... (laughs) It's crazy. If I'm up at like three in the morning, I'm not liking and commenting because it's like my secret shame that when I can't sleep, I'm looking at Instagram, which of course is not... I mean, I'm talking about on a podcast. It's not that shameful, but... Or that secret. Exactly. (laughs) And then in moments like now, like where I talked about where I'm like, I'm just embracing this. We're all on Instagram all the time. I'm like, like it and comment and left and right. Like everybody gets a like, everybody gets an emoji comment. The celebrity. I feel like I respond to story. I've been responding to stories a lot now Mm -hmm. with people who are acquaintances, like not people that I just like truly don't know, but people who would recognize my name if it like shows up in their DMs. Yeah. Um, But people who I was probably like uh, more fly by night with before, you know, and now being like, 
childhood stuffed animal that your mom sent you like is me right now. Like just, you know, why? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But like feeling more compelled to. And in some ways it's very satisfying. And then in some ways it's been opening up this can of worms conversation of people being like, yes. but how are you? In this mm-hmm. way that I'm like, oh no, that's not, that's I'm not just what. being like, hey, I'm here and I'm paying attention and I right. see you. Not like, let's really get into this. That's the danger for sure of of getting loosey-goosey with your DMs, with your with replying to stories. Yeah. I am... Um, so I follow a lot of celebrities and I am always delighted and entertained when I see any friend has liked one of their posts because I'm like, and you, you know that you are patient zero for me with this because I'm like, I do. why are you double tapping Kendall Jenner's photos as if she A, needs your like or B, appreciates your like? I'm not doing it because she needs it. I'm doing <laughs> it because if it's good content, it's good content. And I'm not, it's not a favor that I'm like liking <laughs> someone's Instagram. It's me being like, you know what, Kendall, that was funny. I like it. And you know what? We've had this conversation and you have transformed my thinking on that a little bit. And I have gotten to that place where I'm more like that. And I I like the feeling it gives me back to be like, you know what? I do appreciate that person and I'm showing my appreciation. It was... I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to call out that I saw the other day that mm-hmm. you liked Nancy Meyer's Instagram. <laughs> oh, and wow. that's a person who doesn't need your <laughs> likes either. I have a group text of girlfriends from high school and one of the like... Basically like a meme within this group text is yeah. to be they just screenshot when one of us has seen the other one like a celebrity post and be like, oh, I see you liking that part because it's like, it is so embarrassing, but also hilarious to be like, why did you like The Rock's post? Like, why was that a thing that you needed to do today? Um, the uh, But like when it gets really good is that we have one friend who, God love her, will comment on these posts and really like you know, earnest ways and sometimes get into fights and sometimes just like troll people, but in a oh, no. way. So like oh, one, no. of the, one of the cast members of Vanderpump Rules acted like a total jerk on a recent episode and then posted something for some charity project. And she got under there and posted like, this was nice, but it'd be better if you didn't verbally abuse your wife. And we're like, Kelsey, why? Why are you starting a fight in this person's Instagram comments? Like, what? who are you? Right. See, the thing for me is I... I don't think this person will ever see. No. I don't it's, I don't assume that they're like engaging with this or with you know with with my comment or with my like or with mm-hmm. anything at all, but it also costs me nothing to just be like, yes. Absolutely. Um, so you do you ever comment on celebrities Instagrams? No. No. I mean, no, I don't even I, I don't even comment on Quayquay's Instagram. Oh wow. She's not even a celebrity to you. She's a friend. That's true. I mean, I've DM'd Quayquay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, that's, yeah, I've posted about Quay Quay and then we've had DM conversations yeah. as a result of that, I guess. I don't think it would ever have occurred to me to just attempt to DM Quay Quay because I assume she's much too busy for me. Right. Yeah, no, I have, I think I've like, yeah, I've never DM'd or commented on a celebrity Instagram that I can think of, although I'm sure there are exceptions to that. Because, yeah. you know. Um, I do I do know. <laughs> you do know. <laughs> I do know. I'm curious what your feeling is on the Instagram tropes of like posting pets, posting food, posting travel, posting fashion, out like out- outfit selfies. I would say with all of it, it is all in the execution. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. Like I can, I could tell you that I don't like X, Y, or Z, but then 
I'll watch Aaron Foster do it. And then I'll be like, that was funny. That was good. Yeah. Like, I liked it. I'm here for it. You, we both feel very strongly about Nell Diamond's content. Yeah, um, so true. And there's a lot of all of those categories of things, but like done in a very good way. I don't know. You're absolutely right about that. I think that the one thing I don't like about all of those is when it gets used like a diary because there are just so few people who I just want to see what they've done in a day without anything hilarious, uniquely informative, like, or just really special, like really beautifully executed, you know? Um, Yeah. No, I hear you. But then you and I have also both discovered hotels or restaurants or like bookmarked things just from like stumbling upon them and random people's stories of being like, what's that? Like, and then clicking through and falling down a rabbit hole of being like, I'm, I definitely want to go there. I don't know. No, you're right. And yet, and as much as I know that, I don't know why I also like refuse to do that. It's like, I'm not going to post about a restaurant I really liked unless I have a specific angle on it because I'm like, people can find good restaurants other ways than through me. Yeah. No, I understand that. I do post about those things more, I think maybe, but more in just a like, I loved this. I thought it was great. Like, yeah, sort of way. I don't know, Claire. I think I, I have a really complicated and um, unclear a set of rules in my head around, well, like if I liked it enough, then it would go in 10 things and if, or it would go in the newsletter yeah, yeah, and yeah, if yeah, I, you yeah. know, and, and it makes no sense and obviously nobody's following it other than me. Um, yeah, but, no, I understand. But I think I all of these things, if I like them enough, food, baby, travel, pets, I will put on Instagram. Yeah. And the baby thing, especially like I, you like your baby enough. I like, I like my baby Instagram. enough. And I just try not to put him on too much. <laughs> and sometimes I have certain people who will just be like, why aren't you putting Cam on Instagram more? And it has nothing to do with his privacy because, you know, what I is that? He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is that? It's just that I get sick of it when other people post their babies too much. And unlike Nell Diamond, I don't have like a really funny sort of imagined inner monologue for my son. and. Yeah, I just so I try to do it sparingly and also use it mostly when I'm like I have something that I'd like you to pay attention to and I sense that you'll probably pay attention to it more if there's a cute baby underneath the text. I hear you. Um I hear you. Yeah. Something else we wanted to talk about. I think we should save this for next week and and get into this at the top of next week's episode. Yeah. Um the accounts that are speaking to us right now. Yeah, cuz we're still going to be in quarantine next week for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. So right. tune in next week. We'll do some of that. That's the show. Bye. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at claireandericacom 